Listening to AAAD presents Good Trouble, a space for interdisciplinary conversations related to academic engagements with Black knowledges, histories, arts, cultures, peoples, politics, and ideas. This podcast is sponsored by the JMU African African American and Diaspora Studies Center. Welcome to the first episode of AAAD Presents Good Trouble. Today, I'm joined by recent AAAD graduates, Colin Bright and Spencer Law. Thank you guys for joining us today. Would you like to start off by telling us a little bit about yourselves? Well, thank you first for having me, Megan. My name is Colin Bright. I graduated from JMU this following, the past spring, excuse me, 2021. And currently, I am in the Communication Advocacy Program at JMU. I'm a master's candidate for that. Along with being a master's candidate here, I'm also a teaching assistant as well as a graduate assistant with AAAD for the Accomplice Network. That's awesome. I am Spencer Law. Thank you again, Megan, for having us here. Um, Really excited to be back with AAAD. Um, I'm currently a master's of divinity candidate at Yale Divinity School in my first year. I graduated from JMU in December 2020. Um, and then I spent the spring working at Furious Flower Poetry Center, um, and now I've started uh, up at YDS, and I am doing my Master's of Divinity, which is essentially a practical degree in uh, Christian ministry uh, and spiritual care and theology. That's great. Um, could you guys tell me, in you know, whichever order you want to, uh, what... Um, what your experience was like with AAAD when you were a minor? My AAAD experience when I had it as a minor was really nice, actually. Dr. Muhanja, I took her course, so I wasn't familiar with AAAD to begin with. And so I took one of her courses. It was an English course, I believe. And she kept saying, yeah, you should get into AAAD. You should get into AAAD. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe one day I'll do it. And then she one day told me to send her my transcript. And so I did. And then she informed me, like, you basically have the AAAD minor done with the courses you've already taken. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then so I sat back one class and her and I had a lengthy discussion about AAAD. And I told her that I wanted to get involved with it because there was a lot of great things going on. And so literally since then, from late 2020 to currently at the moment, I've been working with AAAD with the network, with different projects, with the uh, conference that just occurred. And so it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the projects that enticed you to begin with? So when I was in her course, my first introduction to AAAD actually was the AAAD conference. Um, so she had us work on a final project, which, you know, most undergraduate courses have you do that. But when I did it, it was a, auto, a critical autoethnographic assessment of Toxic Masculinity within Good Kid Mad City, which is an album by Kendrick Lamar. And after doing that, when she saw what I was doing, she told me that, you know, this would be something that would be great for the conference. And then I didn't necessarily understand how at first. And that's where her and I, we started having more conversations about it. And then so after doing the conference and then just, you know, getting the feedback and then listening to other people's projects and the different things they were doing. I was like, this is definitely something that I want to be a part of. That's awesome. So it was really more of a a mentorship kind of situation that brought you into this. Yeah, no, 100%. So I've never felt like 
an outsider when I like in anything AAA be related. It's a very homey, welcoming feeling. No matter what it is I'm doing or who it is I'm conversing with, everyone acts like they know each other or they have known each other. And I feel like, especially at a PWI, such as James Madison University, that is a very important thing. And just feeling in general to have, and just to know that there's safe spaces around campus and there's people that actually care about your experience here. Oh yeah, absolutely. What What about you, Spencer? What What got you into AAAD? I actually had kind of a similar experience to Colin. Um, and I first heard about a AAAD-related project um, when Professor Sean McCarthy, who's in WRTC, writing rhetoric and technical communication, came into Monty, uh history class freshman year and talked about his uh, one of the local history projects he works on, which is the Celebrating Sims Project, um, and really opened our imagination to different ways of doing history. Um, and as a history major, I, uh, I was really interested in that. Um, and so I talked to him after class and got involved with the project. And that ended up connecting me to Molly Godfrey, who's one of the program coordinators and center coordinators. Um, and I ended up taking more classes with the two of them and Professor Mahanja, um, who Colin's also connected with. And through that, I just found such a positive, uh, encouraging, and diverse cohort of people who were, like Colin mentioned, really welcoming um, and really expansive in the way that they were thinking and, and doing research and doing scholarship. Um, and so I knew I wanted to be a part of it, but I didn't think that it could fit with my schedule. So I really, I didn't even add the minor until almost my senior year. Um, and then I sat down with Dr. Godfrey and we looked at my transcript, same as Colin, and it turns out that I had already taken a lot of classes that fit within the minor, just out of my own personal interest. And so I just had to take a couple extra classes to finish up the minor. Uh, and it was a super great experience for me. That's awesome. I'm I'm familiar with the Celebrating Sims project and actually worked on it myself too in, uh, in grad school. Can you elaborate more on what you mean by their research was expansive? Absolutely. So I, I think as uh, a young undergraduate, as like a first or second year in college, you take a lot of general education classes, you get introduced to a lot of really big ideas um, uh, through those classes and things that you might not have learned about in high school um, or, or in the rest of your life. Um, and it can be really like overwhelming to take all of that in. And I found that through the AAAD curriculum, a lot of the professors and a lot of the students were taking these, these big ideas and making them understandable, making them accessible. Um, so like the Celebrating Sims project, for example, was looking at um, how has racial integration happened within Harrisonburg schools? And so that takes larger questions about racial equity um, and about social justice within education. And it puts it in a framework that's accessible to people and interesting because it's related to our media area and our local history. So I found that that kind of uh, framework and that kind of uh, project, which is really what AAAD is all about, um, was a, a really creative and, and innovative way of doing uh, academics, really. And it, it was inspiring to me to see that people were working um, in a way that really made a difference in the community um, and really contributed to underrepresented stories uh, and storytelling. 
um, in a in a meaningful way. Thank you so much for that, Spencer. Um, Colin, you mentioned working with the Accomplice Network. Can you tell our our audience a little bit about uh, what the Accomplice Network is and what you do with them? Yeah, of course. So the Accomplice Network. It's, uh, this might be a little lengthy, but it, I got to get all the information in because it's very important to understand the Accomplice Network in its entirety. But so it works in a multitude of ways where the first way you have it, you know, it's to benefit the students around campus, uh, minority students, AAA students, because there's a lot of things that are happening around campus and there's lots of resources and there's a ton of faculty who want to help and want to be that advocate or and or ally for students. But a lot of the times within classrooms, it's just very hard for students and professors to build that personable experience. So with the Accomplice Network, we're trying to build that bridge where students can come to us and we can guide them to the direction of faculty members who want and are striving to create that equitable experience for students. But on the other hand, we're also trying to look out for the faculty members who are getting a disproportionate burden of students coming to them for academic advising or for mental health issues or just needing someone to talk to. So, you know, recently we've done a mixer event we, uh, where faculty members come out and we have a lot of students come out and it's just sitting down and having conversations about life and interest and, you know, what your passions are and what you're hoping to gain from your experience at JMU. We are planning to have another mixer event coming up in March. And then we're also looking to do some possible yoga at UREC where we have like faculty members and we have students. So we're trying to partner with UREC in the future. And we just have a lot of great things going on right now. and we're past the intro stage the foundational stage where we're trying to get those connections made more swiftly but everything takes time so it's, it's just the process yeah so it's it's a, a program that works really hard to try to um make students feel welcome and feel like they have somewhere to go while also lessening the burden on some of our um more empathic <laughs> uh faculty members that are uh, unfairly taking on that burden. That's awesome. Um, so can you guys talk a little bit about what your favorite project to work on with AAAD was? I know Spencer mentioned uh, the Sims project already. Yeah, I think actually my favorite project, there are so many, but I think my favorite one was probably working in the Black Studies and Black Spaces class, um, which was a really experimental class with the Institute for Creative Inquiry. Uh, currently in RuPaul, uh, and that class was, uh, it was mind-blowing for a number of reasons, but it was the first really deep dive that the university has taken, looking at its own past and history um, related to racial justice, uh, and so our class was responsible for really building out that archive of materials and finding all of these primary sources that are available to us through special collections, um, through local libraries, through oral histories of uh, people who have lived through these uh, experiences like the integration of JMU um, and the development of CMIS, the Center for Multicultural Student Services, um, and other resources on campus. Um, but these stories hadn't really been pulled together um, and, and collected in a way that was accessible um, or, or meaningful. So our class took a semester to do that work um, and it was just really beautiful to see the creative ways that people approached this research, um, the, the empathy that with which they stepped into these spaces um, and asked hard questions. 
um, and engaged in, in dialogues that were not always, frankly, not always easy conversations about the history of our university. Um, but they did it with such great intention and care and detail um, that the exhibits we came up with by the end of the semester uh, were incredible. Um, we found out about D Divine Nine and the history of Black Greek life at JMU. We found out about the history of Furious Flower Poetry Center and how that developed over time. Um, I personally, my research was looking at the named spaces on campus, uh, why we had buildings named after uh, Confederates on campus and what we could do to change that. And part of that project actually led me to serve on the university committee on campus history, um, where we actually changed those building names um, and named them after um, people of color, specifically uh, notable black women and, and a staff person at the university um, who represent the university's values uh, better than, than these people for whom the buildings were formerly named. Um, and so that, that was a project that just launched a ton of other research and a ton of other ideas. Um, and I think that's the beauty of the, the AAAD network that Colin was talking about, that there's always something going on. It's incredibly dynamic uh, and people are always looking to push the boundaries uh, of what's possible at JMU. That's really awesome, Spencer. I'm so glad to hear that you got to have that experience as an undergraduate student to be a part of that committee, um, that not a lot of programs can boast that op those opportunities. Yeah, exactly. I, I will always remember that opportunity uh, and carry with me the things that I learned from that experience, working with a number of higher level university administrators, because it taught me a lot about how to navigate those spaces uh, and that's served me well even now coming into graduate school. What about you, Colin? What was your favorite project to work on? This is a very good question. And while Spencer was going, I was trying to think because Spencer, you, you talk about so many beautiful things within the project. And I too, as I walked around the university, as I looked at the different building names, I was wondering why are buildings named after Confederate leaders? And then obviously summer 2020 happened with COVID and the Black Lives Matter protest and just so many different changes and conversations started to come about. And so I'm working on a current project right now with Dr. Hobson, who is a AAAD faculty member. And this, oh, for the next minute or so, this might just be like a shameless faculty plug, but I guess the project that has been my favorite to work on has just been I would say ref just reflexivity, just being reflexive of self. It's not one thing in particular. It's just changing the way in which I view like my own paradigm or like the paradigm of the world. And so having conversations with Dr. Melissa Alamon, having conversations with Dr. Hanja or Dr. Godfrey, Dr. Peaks Mies, like literally going to them and sitting down and having conversations or staying after class or going to their office just to knock on their door and check in and say, hey, how are you doing? And then that conversation leads to a whirlwind of a, like an array of topics. And you just never know what information you're going to get. And every, every time I leave these, these conversations, I sit there and wonder, like, how can I be better? Or like, how is my view of the world? How is it biased? How is it skewed? And it just makes me literally go home and sit down and read scholarship, their scholarship, or read other scholars that they may send to me. And I just feel like if I can change myself and try to work on myself to become a better person, then me being a part of the AAAD 
uh, accomplish now, right, just AAA D in general, then I will be a better advocate and better ally for the students who, you know, they come to us and they need help and we're here to help them. That's great, Colin. It uh, it reminds me of what Dr. Mahanja always says and talks about uh, Ubuntu, the the idea that I am because you are because we are we we all are connected and I I think that what you just said really exemplifies uh, a big part of what triple AD is. A one one thousand percent something my mom I'm so happy you bring up that quote something my mom used to always say to me growing up is it takes a village and I never knew what she meant by that until I got to college. And I looked back at my experience of just life in general. And when my mom would work, I would be with my grandma. Or if my grandma had to work, my mom had me. But if they both had to work, my aunt would watch me. And it was just situations like that. But then when I get to college, it's like, okay, if I can't get help from this person, I know this person will be, they will assist me. I know I have a friend here. I know I have a faculty member here. I know this person, you know, they cook every Friday. If I don't have any money, I can go there. It's just different situations where you literally sit down and look around and you you come to that realization, like it really does take a village to raise a child. And so there's a lot of growth still going on personally. And so I'm really appreciative of the faculty members who I have come in contact with. I'm appreciative for the faculty members who I haven't because I know they're doing great work. And so it's it's a beautiful thing going on. I can completely agree with that, Colin. I had the same experience. And I think one of the things that my Triple E courses taught me was the importance of uh, in understanding your own social location, understanding where you come from um, and where you're going. Um, and one of that, the biggest things is, is that idea of Ubuntu because we, at least in my experience, I've been taught um, a lot about individualism and self-reliance and learning how to do things on my own. Um, but I wasn't really taught how to ask for help when I need it and where to look to, to find help and, and to give other people help. Um, and to contribute to a larger network um, in, a, in a meaningful way um, that supports community. And that is, is the biggest takeaway for me from my experience with AAAD was learning how uh, to allow other people to rely on me and allow myself to rely on other people. That is, that is so... Oh my God, you... What is the expression? You hit the nail on the head with the hammer. I, I think that's what it is. It's... It's one of those things where I this conversation could go so left or so right, depending on which way. But living in a patriarchal society, you can talk about that and how that influences, you know, the whole prideful aspect of, you know, we're not supposed to ask for help and you're everything individualized and you're supposed to do things on your own. You can go to the ethnic and racial proportions of just the comfortability when it comes to having conversations and reaching out to help. And so I, too, am with you with being in the AAAD courses as well as just being a AAAD in general. It has been so comforting and so welcoming where I do not feel that prideful aspect where it's like I'm lowering my pride to ask for help because I know these people genuinely care. There's no judgment. There's no animosity. And just to feel that love, I, I truly do believe it's something that everybody should feel on a daily basis at their university and in life in general. The uh, the sense of community at AAAD has been a common thread for years and years. It's it's part of what the, the program is really known for. And both of you all ended up going on to doing, well, graduate school careers and professions that 
involve helping people and involve having this community base. Call in your work with with the accomplice network as well as your work in communications and advocacy and Spencer, your work in Divinity School are both really community centered and helping people. Could you talk a little bit about how your experience with AAAD has affected this this choice in your life and the scholarship you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I was planning on initially going into grad school in history um, and, and looking at a more academic route. And it wasn't really until I got involved with a lot of community level projects through AAAD that I realized I wanted to be more engaged in my community wherever it was that I lived. Um, and and do a lot more work with people because I really really enjoyed that. It was that I learned that through my involvement with AAAD. And now that I'm in Divinity School, I I see so many dimensions uh, through which being in AAAD has shaped my perspective. And a big part of that is this interdisciplinary mindset um, that you can't solve a problem from just one perspective. Um, you can't. Uh, find what you're looking for from just one discipline. So um, that's been that's been just an unbelievable asset in the way that I approach things in grad school so far. Um, and just my, my general outlook. Um, I don't know exactly what I want to do as my career. Um, I don't have a dream job, really, but I have um, these, these dream values, um, these values that I strive toward. Um, and that I, I work to uphold because of um, what I learned, especially um, from Dr. Mahanja and, and Dr. Godfrey about what a good community looks like and what it means to support one another um, through mutual aid uh, and, and whatever that looks like. And so I know uh, that wherever I, I end up, I'm working to uphold values that I believe in and not, not just working toward a particular job. And I think that um, has made a big difference in terms of mindset um, and also just just quality of life, really. Um, honestly, uh, it feels like an exaggeration, but it, it's uh, almost a it's almost a mental health thing. Um, having that perspective change um, because I know uh, that what I'm I'm working for is uh, good and and helpful and. Um, really reaches people where they need to be reached. Can you elaborate a little more on the, I believe it was dream values, because that's an interesting concept that I've never heard of. And it sounds like something I want to look more into personally for myself. Yeah, I'm just kind of, uh, just kind of freestyling, but um, I, I always thought it was um, I was always taught at least to have like a dream job or like a what you want to do when you grow up and have that look like a particular job description. And I never found that really helpful. Um, and I remember in conversations with my advisors in particular expressing that and saying, you know, I don't know if I want to be a professor or if I want to work in research because I don't know that any of these job descriptions really fit um, my skills or my interests um, or what I'm good at. But I know what I value and where I want to uh, affect change in the world. Um, and I can follow that. And I can look for these projects and get invested in projects and work with people who share those values. 
Um, and that's really how I ended up where I am. So I looked into grad programs in history at first, um, and I didn't find anything. I didn't really find a place that I felt particularly called. Um, and then when I started looking into seminary and divinity school, I found people um, who were really committed to uh, their values um, and doing work by whatever means necessary, by whatever um, uh, method necessary to bring about uh, these particular values. So in the case of, of Yale Divinity School, um, we do a lot of work related to social justice. Um, uh, we're talking a lot as a student body about food insecurity and housing insecurity and climate change, um, and really addressing these larger uh, political and social issues from a value point of view, um, and learning how to, to do work in the world on a practical level, um, but it's not coming from an objective that is you know, a particular job or particular um, organization or institution. Uh, it's framed in the light of, of what we value. Thank you so much for the elaboration. For sure. So for my experience, also growing up, I did as well hear a lot the, you know, what's your dream job? Like you should be working towards your dream job, but I've never dreamt about working per se. I've always just been really into things that I'm passionate about because if you're passionate about something, I personally believe that it's not work if you love to do it. And so being a part of AAAD, it's given me, I don't, I don't want to say the word purpose, but it's given me something to look forward to weekly, daily, every minute, every hour, even outside of the classroom, outside of the office, outside of the conferences, because it's more along the lines of when I'm going through my studies, I find things that's interesting. It's like, that's cool. Like, I like doing this. I like learning about this. This is fun. But when I'm working with anything AAAD related, I feel like that sense of community, the sense of involvement, it's something that I didn't know I was passionate about because I would self-identify as an introvert. But it's something that makes me feel good. It's something that, you know, helping other people and knowing that other people are doing well, that's something that I personally hold, I, I would guess that's like a dream value. I don't know. I'm like free freestyling as well, Spencer. I'm trying to figure out what my dream values are on the spot. But my experience has been absolutely amazing. And yeah, the, the transition from undergrad to graduate, it's it's been so smooth. Meg, shout out to you. Thank you so much. You've been a help literally every step of the way. Dr. Godfrey is literally a call, text, or email away. There's plenty of other faculty members who are right there to help out. And so I'm just excited to see where the, how I'm going to continue growing with this in the future and as well as how AAAD is going to keep growing as well. So Colin, you talked a little bit about how when you started with the program, it was through the conference. Um, we have the the conference every year. It just ended for, for this year. And um, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what having that exposure to something like that conference was like in undergrad because you know smaller institutions jamie just got made into an r2 but at the time that we were talking about we weren't an r2 yet and so a conference wasn't wasn't a guaranteed to happen um so yeah can you talk a little bit about your experience getting involved with that 
at the undergraduate level? Yeah, for sure. At the undergraduate level, when I was a part of the conference, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty nerve-wracking. There was a lot of people who were there in the Zoom webinar. And so presenting something that I held really personal to myself because I put, you know, I put fiction, I put nonfiction, I put different layering aspects within the poetry of the critical autoethnographic breakdown. And so just one, it's like one of those things when you're just, if you're giving a presentation or public speak, you're looking at the audience, you're seeing their reaction, their expressions, but there was no disinterest. There was no one looking away. There wasn't, you know, any eye rolls. It was people who were genuinely interested and wanting to know and pick apart your mind as you're giving it. There's thoughtful questions after and people reach out to you after and they talk to you about, you know, your presentation and things that you can go forward doing with it or different avenues that they believe may be of an interest to you. And so at the undergraduate level, it was a really, really, really nice experience. And I experienced it for the first time my senior year, which was for me, unfortunate. I wish that was something that I was a part of since my freshman year. But at the, the graduate level right now, the thing I'm working on, which I really can't talk too much about it because it potentially may have to do with my thesis, I'm hoping to be a part of the conference personally, like involved presenting something next year. So hopefully, about time the conference comes around, I mean, it's 364 days away, I should have plenty of time that the project will be ready to present. I'll have all the research and data and statistics and everything ready. So I'm super looking forward to that and looking forward to having those conversations again with faculty. Spencer, did you attend the conference or uh, involve, be involved in it in undergrad? I did, yeah. I had uh, the privilege of presenting my capstone research project, thankfully in person. Uh, it's just slightly before the pandemic. Um, but it was a really, really moving and meaningful experience for me. Um, I presented a paper where I talked about uh, how busing for integration worked in Harrisonburg and the surrounding Shenandoah Valley. Um, and I got to present on some oral history interviews that I did. Um, and archival research uh, specifically related to local history, which is a huge passion project of mine, um, and related to the work that I had done with the Celebrating Sims Project um, and the Shenandoah Valley Black Heritage Project, which is a, a partner of AAAD in the community in Harrisonburg. Um, and I remember, just like Colin said, it was a very welcoming environment. I hadn't really done much um, presenting before, especially not in uh, an academic conference, and so I was also pretty nervous about it. Um, but people were very thoughtful. They asked uh, relevant questions, and, and generally I felt far more confident leaving that experience because I knew that I could gain competence talking about a topic, be able to answer questions thoughtfully, uh, and really had a sense that I could do meaningful scholarship on my own. Uh, in a way that I, I didn't necessarily feel prepared to do beforehand. Um, and the conference itself is just an amazing experience um, for anyone uh, of any discipline and any age to, to witness. Um, and I would recommend if you haven't been to a AAAD conference um, to go because it will change your life in some way or another. Um, uh, and people will talk about everything from literary theory to uh, critical media studies, 
um, and you'll think about things in ways that you've never thought about them before. Um, and, and for me, it was just really uh, a game changer in the way that I saw the world, the new ideas I was introduced to, uh, and my confidence as uh, a scholar. So we've talked a lot about uh, community and about um, the the network that AAAD offers you, as well as the exposure to to other scholars um, with the conference and things like that. Can we talk a little bit about some of the research you got exposed to through AAAD? I know my own experience in a AAAD class, it was one of the first times I had ever been acquainted with scholarship from the Global South or any anywhere near a non-Eurocentric scholarship. Um, so could you guys talk a little bit about how, you know, the, the research and the work of AAAD compared to, say, your other standard classes from the PWI? Yeah, Spencer, did you want to start? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think one of the central ideas um, when it comes to like different research I was exposed to, different ideas I was exposed to, is um, the idea of centering the margin, which was not really uh, and uh, not really the emphasis in a lot of my other classes uh, that were outside of Triple AD. Um, and so the whole idea is that we look at people who've been marginalized historically for, for one reason or another, um, often related to race, class, um, gender, or sexuality, uh, and center those stories because we recognize um, how much there is to learn about the, the predominant um, and dominating institutions uh, in society from the perspectives of people who have been marginalized by those institutions and systems. Um, and so that perspective, that approach um, has deeply, deeply informed the way that I read any texts, the way that I encounter media, the way that I frame conversations, uh, really just the way that I see the world, um, because it's such a, a radically different way um, of approaching things than, than what we're generally taught. We're, you know, usually taught um, history from by the victors, right, as, as the, the saying goes. Um, but when we look at it from the perspective of people who have been left out, um, who maybe not, not even the people who are framed as um, uh, not victors, the people who, who are lost in these situations, but the people who are even left out of history books, the people who are, are left out of these conversations, um, there's such a, a much more rich story and a much more rich sense of humanity that we get from that. Um, and I, I just think that um, there's, there's such a meaningful way that we can learn uh, how to be better people and how to be better in community um, with one another from that critical perspective. Um, so I, I, that's kind of the, the bird's eye view. Um, but it also, you know, it, it came out in, in individual articles that we read. I remember taking um, a history class uh, for my major on, um, uh, on African-American history since 1865. And just being, uh, and it, it, was, it was just a revolutionary way that we were being taught. We were looking at film um, and, and art and literature as 
these valid historical sources, whereas in another history class, we would probably only look at a textbook um, or you know, a, a single book that was probably written by an old white guy and this has got tenure in the academy. But we're looking at different kinds of sources, interviews of people, um, and even just reframing the way that I thought on that, um, in that very specific case, um, speaks to that that larger reframing that I got from Triple AD. How about you, Colin? Yeah, with um, with my Triple AD courses here, how I would say those differ from the average courses is with a lot of the Triple AD, a lot of courses in general. Let's just start there. You know, they follow the academic calendar of whatever the professor has set up for the semester, where in my personal experiences with the AAAD courses, you know, there is that academic calendar that we do follow, but eventually we start to get, you grow interest for certain things that you're learning about specific topics. And so you want to start going towards that direction with your research or your final project. And then the AAAD faculty, they start sending you scholarly articles on the side or like book recommendations or a video or a podcast that you should check out with information and so that has led me to start doing some research on music and vibrations atmospheric attunement to go along with that and that was a very very drawn out concept that we would need probably 30 more minutes to accurately break down what atmospheric attunement is when it comes to music but I didn't even realize that was a passion of mine until sitting down and having these conversations or getting these different scholarly recommendations. But it's really tailored to you and your experience and what you are hoping to gain. And I think a lot of the times students miss out on really figuring out what it is exactly that interests you or why you came to college a lot. I personally believe, you know, people come to college because we're told like, yeah, like you want a good job, you need to get your bachelor's degree, so that's an extra four years. And, you know, then they tell you like, yeah, you should go back to school, you should get your master's. And they tell you like, oh, you should get like a JD or maybe you should get your doctorate. But like, I I believe if that's what you want to do, you should definitely do it. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Education is a beautiful thing. But a lot of the times with the conversations that I'm having with people, they're here at the university, but they're still unsure what they're passionate about. And they're a finance major and they're like, but I really don't want to do finance or they are a poli sci major and they're like, I really don't have any interest in this. I don't know how I ended up there. And I think that goes back to the gen ed courses as we're taking them, you know, they are the intro level courses, but you never really get the chance to deep dive into areas of a specific major in depth until it's too late. And then when it's too late, you know, at that point, it's, it's just too much. I definitely share that that experience, um, and I remember the first time that I got into like an upper level major class, getting the opportunity. At that point, it was a AAAD class as well, but getting the opportunity to really do my own research and branch out into things I was interested in. That was uh, a really life changing experience because it taught me that you know I it didn't have to be a drag to do this work. I could wake up and think, oh, I'm really excited to like. Do more research today and find out more about this topic that I'm, I'm studying, um, which for me was so often like, I'm really excited to drive downtown and, and talk to these people and learn more about their experience growing up in a historically black neighborhood of Harrisonburg um, because I care about these people and I care about this work. And it's not just a reading that's been assigned to me, but it's something that I've chosen 
um, and I'm passionate about. I love that. Thank you both for those really insightful answers. I That's something that we hear through and through from, from AAAD minors is how the program really with its interdisciplinary focus and its wide variety of projects and faculty members um, allowed or allows for more personalized experience and allows you to to find this research that you're passionate about and and let you care about your work. Um, so we we talked about uh, not having dream jobs and having dream values instead. So I'm going to change up my uh, last question a little bit here to what are some of your dream values for after graduate school? How how do you guys see your lives and scholarship uh, continuing after you complete grad school? And and do you think AAAD had any sort of influence on, on that decision and that path? I would say after graduation, some dream values that I hold for myself currently, as well as that I wanna continue holding, is just being selfless, you know, having that integrity when people aren't looking, still doing the right thing as well, with integrity being another one, um, being humble. That's one thing with being in AAAD where, like I talked about previously, when it comes to the pride aspect, before I would say that I was a pretty prideful person, but being a part of AAAD, I don't really feel that anymore. I don't, I don't experience that anymore. And I realize now that there's a bigger picture at play and I liken this and the students that I teach every Friday, they have to hear about my uh, fish metaphors, but I liken the world and our experiences to a fishbowl. You know, it's an ecosystem and we're all a part of this ecosystem and we all want to be the big fish, right? But you have to humble yourself and realize we're all just a little fish in a big pond and we need to do our part to make this ecosystem continue operating how it's supposed to go. And so after I graduate, I just hope to continue to have the mindset of that little fish, because I think it's very important. I think that's a great point, Colin. Um, and I absolutely agree. I also think it's important, like I was taught, you know, you're a little fish, but a little fish can make a big wave, right? Cause and effect. Um, and I noticed that like the opportunities I got, even as an undergraduate to serve on committees, to work with administration, work with, um, really renowned and respected professors um, just showed me, you know, how much difference you can make as an individual by working where you are um, and, and affecting change where you are. And so that's really informed. One of my guiding values is just to be very present. Um, I also would absolutely reiterate everything Colin said. Um, and I think what, what drives me is being present in my community um, getting to know the past around me, how things have come to be the way that they are, um, and then how I can and how I can make change and help people um, based on that reality built upon the past um, to work toward a better future for everyone. Triple A D podcast figurative language, what can't we do? Thank you guys so much for for this great conversation and your time today. Um, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it and I, I wish you all both the best in your continued experience through grad school and wherever life takes you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Man. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm.
thank you for listening to this episode of AAAD Presents Good Trouble. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at AAADJMU. If you would like to send us an email, you can find us at AAADstudies at jmu.edu. All of the music used in this recording was written and recorded by Nick Branson.